From Amaya Media, you're listening to The Way We Live, a show for all the women here in the Middle East who are looking to enhance their lives. I'm your host, Natalie Shafani. Over the past few years, phrases like energy healing, chakras, theta, and reiki have become a lot more mainstream. What was once considered an ancient healing modality practiced by a few masters has found its way into everyone's conversations. And now its popularity is ultimately a good thing, but I can't help but feel a bit skeptical about it all. I mean, we've all heard of or follow at least one person who's went away for a few weeks and came back as a spiritual healer. That's why I've invited Dali Halabi to the show today. She's a licensed energy healer, practicing various healing modalities such as Theta Healing, Reiki, and Yoga Therapy. Dali studied healing under Vayana Steibel, who is considered the founder of Theta Healing, which is a meditation technique that improves your body, mind, and spirit. So what makes someone look at spiritual healing as a way of life? I found energy healing in a phase in my life where things were just not going the way I wanted them to. I had just experienced a really bad breakup and I had I had hit rock bottom. I was at my worst. And I realized that this is just not the way I wanted to live my life anymore. Like there has to be a way out of this. And it's sometimes hard when you're in that dark hole to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I feel like your soul kind of, you attract this situation. Every great story of every great healer starts with, oh, yeah, I hit rock bottom. When I was in that phase, I met a friend who I hadn't seen for a while, and he had just gotten into Theta Healing. And I looked at him, and I'm like, you look amazing. What's different about you? There's a glow. There's something. And he told me about it, and I resonated immediately. He didn't even have to delve into what it was. I'm like, say no more. I need to experience this for myself. Do you think it was because you were also ready to become vulnerable? Yes. And what about people who aren't ready, who find difficulty in breaking down those barriers? How would you encourage them or like maybe convince them to try this out? First of all, I'm not in the business of convincing anyone. The first thing that they teach us is not just in Theta, in any kind of psychology modality or, or therapeutic modality is you don't have a client until the client raises their hand and says, I need help. But it all goes down to how you perceive life, right? There's two schools of thought. So life is either something that you are creating or life is something that is just happening to you. And if you believe that life is something that you are creating, then it is empowering because you have the power and the control to change the way that you want to live your life. But if you believe that life is something that's just happening to you, that is disempowering. And I feel like a lot of people maybe get stuck there. So like one key common denominator with all energy healing modalities I find is that it's supposed to be empowering for you, that you can change your reality, that there is a way out of that dark tunnel. Okay, let's take a step back. The conversations around energy healing and the subconscious mind have become a bit trendy recently. So let's start by understanding the power of our subconscious. Now, if you look at your brain as a whole, your brain is consciousness and subconsciousness. Your consciousness is only 12% and your subconsciousness is 88%. So it's that much more powerful. So how it works is now scientists have found that even as a baby in your mother's womb, you still have subconscious awareness. So you absorb things even in the womb. And then when you're born, your subconscious mind is like a sponge. So it's absorbing everything that is happening around you. So what you see, what you feel, what you overhear, what you it's not even something that has to happen to you. You can witness something, yet you take it personally because that's how your subconscious mind works. It takes everything personal. 
So that 88% is that sponge absorbing all these things which ultimately become the programs through which you create your reality. So if you have negative programs, then as an adult, despite what your 12% conscious mind wants, you're still the 88% is going to win. So alpha is like me and you right now are having this conversation. We're both switched on and fully engaged. That's us in an alpha brainwave. In a beta brainwave, you're more like you're driving. You know where you're going, but you're not really paying attention. You're somewhere else. And a theta brainwave is right when you are in deep sleep, when you're in that dreaming state, REM, whatever you want to call it. And so that's what theta healing is. I see. It, okay. it, it seeks to get you into that brainwave because that's the brainwave where you can access your subconscious mind the easiest way. And what exactly is theta healing? Because I have heard quite a lot about it, but I'm always skeptical because it just seems like a bunch of people going to these weekend long seminars. They come back out like two days later. I'm a theta practitioner. So it is actually rooted a lot in science. So with Theta Healing, it is all about empowering you to create your reality by actually taking a step back and looking at your reality. Do you have all the things that you want to have? Do you, are you missing anything in life? Is there something that's bothering you, bringing you down? If you are consciously that 12% is saying, I want X, but subconsciously the 88% is trying to protect you from X because of something that happened to you as a kid, then you're never really going to get X until you deal with Y, your subconscious mind is stopping it from happening. So it is a series of psychoanalytical questions that try to bypass your conscious mind so that we can access the theta mind by putting you in a theta brainwave. And then we can find what those negative programs are, what the schemata of your subconscious is. And how would you put someone into a theta brainwave? It starts with the meditation. I see. So yeah, okay. you, so a lot of scientists and MRI scans mm -hmm. and like all these brain brain scans have found that when you are in a meditative state, it is almost like you are in that dream state. I see. And so you're not in an alpha brainwave. You're not in a beta brainwave. You are in a theta brainwave, but you still have an awareness of what's going on. So you can answer questions from your gut and not from your conscious mind. Have you ever had a situation where um, you were working with someone and they were resistant to getting to that stage? Absolutely. I mean, I would be the first person to say even I can somehow exhibit resistance during a session because I feel like you're, there's like a higher being or a knowledge, whatever you want to call it, your higher self, your soul, whatever. I feel like it knows when it's about to crack something that's going to be life-changing and amazing and change, even if it's good, it's still scary. It's still change. It's still not what your body is used to now. And so that's where resistance comes in. Because when you come into a theta session, it's never about what you come in for. It's That's the surface value. You know there's a lot going on beneath the surface. And so your brain is almost in that fight and versus flight mode where it's like, oh my God, are we going to tackle this now? Really? And it's going to change a lot of things. Are you ready? And so there's a resistance that comes in the form of that. But then there's fair enough people who don't believe in it because like you said, it is a trendy topic. There's a lot of healers out there. You know, some of them are qualified. Some of them, you know, it's debatable. But what I would say is look at the quality of life of the person who is calling themselves a healer. Absolutely. Yeah. Are, yeah. They, are they living a good life or are they living a life where they're not practicing really what they preach? And I feel like people who are meant to heal through certain people will always find a connection with that person. You, that there's, 
you don't have to be psychic and you don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be a healer to feel someone's vibe, to feel like this is someone I can be comfortable with or this is someone who's a bit shady, who's doing it for them. So you would recommend that we maybe test multiple practitioners until you find the right fit? that you wouldn't find it with the first person automatically, no matter what? First of all, there's word of mouth also, you know? For me personally, a lot of my clients, you know, they refer other clients, but if they don't believe in it, then even a session, like, that's the power of your belief. So actually, I'd encourage, you know, there's this uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton who, who does a lot of research and science about the power of belief. And, you know, with the, you know, a lot of experiments that have started with the placebo effect versus a real Medicaid. Belief plays such a big role. So if you're not believing that something is going to help you or if you don't believe that you're ready to let go of what's weighing you down, then we can rewire your brain. We can work on the beliefs. But then your neurotransmitters are just going to create new pathways. They're just going to recreate what's familiar to you because that's your comfort zone. This brings us to another aspect I really wanted to talk to Dahlia about. Neurolinguistic Programming, or NLP. It states that there is a direct connection between your brain processes, the neuro, and the language and behavioral patterns learned through experience. NLP it plays a role in theta healing because after you do the psychoanalytics and we ask the questions and we bypass your conscious mind, and now we're in your subconscious and we're uh, we're understanding where the belief is coming from. So let's say um, if you if you say that I want a relationship, but my relationships I just can't get I can't open up to people. You mentioned that earlier. That probably is because something happened to you as a kid. And that stopped you from feeling safe around love. So you protect yourself by not allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And just for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to give a very simple example. Say that you, you know, did something, you knocked over a vase, you broke it, and your mom was like, bad girl, go to your room, and she punished you. (laughs) Right. Your mom is the first source of love that you know in this life. And so what kind of belief to a child that does not have conscious awareness to say, to know better on, oh, my mom loves me still, but okay, maybe I did something that she just took it out on me and she doesn't know any better, but no, your conscious mind is not there yet. So basically you end up interpreting that act as an act of rejection. Absolutely. Or you start ending up feeling guilty. Absolutely. Right. You got it. Yeah. So, so then that would create the negative program of uh, I reject love or I am unworthy of love. So you say that's the negative program that we that you have, all right? Now, consciously, the 12% is like, but I want love and I deserve love. The 88% is like, no, I'm protecting you from love because love is rejection. So NLP comes into play when you're rewiring the brain in a way so that program of I'm unworthy of love becomes I am worthy of love. So whether through energetic channeling life force energy to change that belief or using an NLP technique, you're changing that belief from a negative one into a positive one. And how long is this process? Like, is it a matter of going to one session and coming out feeling completely changed? Or is it kind of like a daily, weekly practice that you have to do to maintain those new thoughts? It is a little bit of both. So, and I find that many sessions clear so many things and all you need is one session. Really? One session? One session. Okay. So I studied psychology. That's my background. And I dabbled a lot into, you know, wanting to dedicate more time and becoming a doctor and all that. But there was something about the therapeutic modality of having someone come in day after day, reopening the same wound over and over that just did not gel with me. I believe that there must be a better way 
way than to come every day and talk about the same thing because even that is just going to create a heavy vibrational pull and you're just going to feel worse and worse about it. And that's why I love Theta Healing because in one session, that's it. You start somewhere and you go somewhere else and you're like, wow, I didn't even realize that that reality was created because of that belief. And a lot of it is that aha moment. And like what Carl Jung was saying, that until you bring something from your subconscious mind to your conscious mind, it's going to continue to dictate your life and you will continue to call it faith. But it's not. I see. Yeah. So I guess the main the main point of pursuing through the healing is to come to that awareness of why you are acting a certain way. But then you have the second step of changing those actions. Yes. And would that also require more through the healing itself or maybe it's all part of the something else? It's all part of the process. It's all part of the okay. process. But you know what? For me, even if it's someone who does not believe in energy healing, all right, if you can have that aha moment, if you can have the conscious awareness of now I understand where it comes from, that is a healing in itself. That in itself is so powerful. So it's about just coming and trying and turning off all of those critics in your head and stop being skeptical. Just come and try it out and you will get the aha moment. I think that everyone should have a everyone healthy amount <laughs> of skepticism. Everything yeah. you know you hear, take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Do your homework, do your research, uh, talk to people who have done it. Uh, maybe go for a consult before you commit to a session with someone and see how you feel around that person. You know what I mean? I would never say to anyone, don't be skeptical. I think it's healthy because if it's not, if you're not skeptical, you will end up with the wrong healer having your brain in the wrong hands. And you don't want that <laughs> It could be a disaster, no. Yeah, exactly. And and the beauty of theta healing is also it's a self-healing modality because that's how I, that's why I got into it because I wanted to heal myself. And then when I found how much my life changed, I'm like, no, you know what? I need to I need to share this with other people. And for me personally, when I have a client who comes to me a lot, then I'm not in the business to sell you a package and tell you, you know what, keep coming back and the healing is going to help you. And you know, no, I would say you've come to me this many times. You kind of now know how it works. Go learn it. Go study it. Like you said, some of it is just simple. It can be over a weekend. It's very basic, but you'll have at least the basic tools to allow you to be self-aware. And that's it. If you are self-aware, then you are already miles ahead of most people. Yeah, I mean, awareness is everything. I know from Absolutely. my own personal, um, I guess, emotional journey that I have been on, I found that once I became aware of why I was acting certain ways, I was able to go back and change those behaviors. Exactly. And it's been so helpful, whether it's been with um, relationships, with my attitude towards working a lot and like yeah. kind of having that need to prove myself. Yeah. I've been able to look down and uh, look deep down and like, kind of understand why I why I needed that approval from people. Beautiful. We'll be getting into what a feather healing session really looks like right after this. Stay with us. Hey, it's Shrag from Maya Media, and I wanted to tell you about another show on our network called Tales of the Trade, where we feature Dubai's pioneers and the stories behind the ideas and the communities they've brought to life. You can find all of the episodes of the show in your favorite podcast player right now, and we'll be back with a new season later in the year. You can find more information on our website, talesofthe.trade. Welcome back. I'm Natalie, and you're listening to The Way We Live with Dahlia Halabi. Training to be a spiritual healer isn't just theory. There is a lot of practice and personal healing that goes into it. 
so there's basic theta, there's advanced theta, and these like two courses are just trying to teach the practitioner how you can dig. So what the different belief levels are, how do you help a client get to that belief level? And it's beautiful because it's not just in theory, and that's why you know sometimes it's like a week long or a few days where it's okay. Here's a theory, but a lot of it is practicing. So we do a lot of swaps on each other. The uh, clients, we we play the role of the client and we play the role of the of the teacher and I think that's really important because we end up as students working on a lot of things and we release a lot of issues or negative beliefs and once you're in that place of releasing then you're in a better place to help someone else because you can't pour from an empty cup I'm, I would I can't come and help you with love issues if I am still holding on to like negative beliefs about love issues so the point of a class other than to teach you the technique and the intuitive part of it, develop your intuitive part of it, is to also clear as much of your own baggage as you possibly can. Um, like I remember for me, there was a class called Intuitive Anatomy. That's like a three week long class. Wow. Uh, yeah, that one's long. Oh my God. We go into each body part and what, what kind of beliefs are stored in that body part. Like, Can you give me an example of like one or two body parts that store specific beliefs? Oh yeah, okay, so obviously like, for me, I have poor, uh, poor vision. I always had like astigmatism in my eyes and I wear glasses and everything. So a lot of that uh, was <clears throat> not wanting to see the truth, being afraid of the truth, truth level being afraid of my own psychic abilities. Because when I was a kid, I used to hear things all the time. I used to see things all the time and it terrified me. And so I blocked my, my psychic senses completely. Then when I started this class and I had to like start working on my eyes and your third eye, obviously, and that is coming up and opening up, I was like, Ooh, all the things that I was afraid of as a kid started coming up again. Okay, I would like to also touch on romantic relationships. And I would like to see as well if how I can maybe um, not tackle, but kind of work on whatever grievances I have or have felt in the past. The main one is the fear of becoming vulnerable, the fear of losing my independence with a romantic partner. And I initially went for Reiki to kind of maybe um, try and assuage that in any way because I was told that my solar plexus chakra was blocked, which is the one I guess that's on your chest. That is under like two fingers above two your fingers belly. Above your belly. And I was told that each chakra has its own color mm. as well. Yeah, and that, that's true. And by maybe wearing orange wearing and having orange, yellow flowers, which is which sounded crazy to me, but I was like, no. you know what? Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I got a bouquet of yellow flowers. Yeah. I put them in my house, so and I don't know if it helped, but like, what like what is the, the significance of each color to each chakra? Can we link them? Okay. Look, the color part of things is the brain candy part of things, but okay. it's true that each chakra does have its own belief system, right? right. It has its own uh, energy body. But, but okay, look, there's something I just want to point out. Yeah. You seem like someone who is very conscious and aware and needs that kind of uh, conversation yes. to get to the bottom of things. Mm -hmm. So for someone like you, I wouldn't even recommend Reiki because that w because I feel like you would benefit more from theta because with theta we can talk and you can be like oh okay now I know why I, I have an issue of showing vulnerability or whatever so it's more of a discussion as opposed because to me just gonna, laying down and if taking. you're someone who is more open or prone to just receiving energy or you've had experience with energy healing and 
and you just you know have that so much belief and faith then yeah then reiki can help you it can help you by showing you maybe memories so you see like uh, let's say uh, mom was a stay-at-home mom because dad didn't want her to work but dad was out there living his life and working what kind of belief do you think that will create love takes away my independence maybe if you interpret it that way there's many ways to interpret it that's just one way Mm -hmm. um or you can see that you know maybe mom and dad used to fight a lot all right and then mom would always break down crying afterwards that could show you that maybe you know love is painful or hurtful you shouldn't be weak and, and there's like you can look at for example in that example you can see that mom was was weak and she was crying and as again this is how your child's mind interprets it. I'm not saying this is how things are. Um, but that could also, you could look at that and be like, I never want to be like that. I never want to be vulnerable like that. That is weakness. I don't want anyone to have that kind of power over me. Mm-hmm. Again, that's creating another kind. So there's like a lot of experiences and things that could happen in your childhood, especially with love relationships, because love is the first source of energy that you understand. You're brought into this world, you have your parents and they're the first source of love and then you have all the nurturing and sustenance they give you. Um, And then you could find that if you are sick, that's when mom and dad give you the most attention. So what do you do? You end up disempowering yourself in relationships or you attract abusive partners because you wanna feel weak because that's what love is to you. That's when your parents gave you the most attention. These are just examples. So, I, I like specifics, I like details. So we're gonna like have a day in the life of me coming to a theta healing session. Like I wanna just like maybe walk everyone through it. Yeah. For me walking into the door and what I can maybe expect to get in that session. I walk to the door, I meet you, and let's say I, I, I feel the energy is working, where I feel comfortable with you, I'm ready to start a session. Okay. I sit down and we start to meditate. First, is it guided? And we talk about why you're here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, why are you here? What is it that you want to change? Or what is it that you're feeling? And the answers I would give you would, would be my conscious. These are very conscious. It's a okay. conversation. We're getting, this is us establishing rapport. Okay. And then it is, yes, I will guide you into a meditation. That meditation is going to put you in a theta brain, uh, theta brain wave. It's also going to put me in a theta brain wave so I can work with you even better. But we are trained as theta healers to be in that brain wave yet maintain 100% conscious control so that we can influence the session in that way. So you had mentioned earlier that theta brain wave is similar to a dream drain wa- brain wave. So would I be half asleep? You're not asleep, but you feel completely relaxed. So your eyes are closed. You're in that meditative state. Um, a lot of times there, there is a uh, touch uh, element to it so I can hold your hand Mm. and then my theta energy through my cells will transfer into yours as well so that also makes sure that I can keep uh, I can hold a safe space for us during the session right so then we like first of all before we even get into the psychoanalytical questions what I like to do is I like to clear your space if there is anything like uh, around you any energy that is not yours any projection rejection expectations realities that do not belong to you we clear them and then we can ask like a series of questions so if you came in because you uh, let's say have vul- don't want to be vulnerable or you're f- having bad luck with relationships so we, we start asking questions so what does this bad luck look like all right so how does that make you feel so what's the worst thing about that and what would be the worst thing that can happen if that blah, blah. so these questions a lot of them are designed in a way to trigger you 
they are meant to trigger you in a way because you'll find some clients that are like, what do you mean? What's the worst thing that can happen? That is the worst thing that can happen. But actually, no. Dig deeper. And that's when, you know, in the example of the car where you're on Sheikh Zayed and you're you're hitting the brakes before you even think of why you hit the brakes because the car in front of you stopped because your brain went into a theta brainwave. And it's almost like that. So when you're, and actually, another fun modality to talk about is hypnotherapy. So that's how hypnotherapy works as well. We try to bombard the conscious mind with so much information and so many questions that it's just like, you know what, I'm out. And then hands <laughs> over to the subconscious, and then your subconscious ha- comes in. And then you start answering from a place of, oh, where did that come from? I, I didn't realize I had that thought or I had that feeling. Like, how can I believe that what like the, what would be the worst thing that can happen? Uh, this person would do this to me. And then it's like, oh, crap. Like, where and when that? answering these questions, like, would I be completely in theta yes. brainwave so I wouldn't be conscious? You're, you, you're conscious of the conversation that we're having. Okay. But you know what? A lot of times clients come out of a session and they don't remember right. the questions or they don't remember. They remember the feeling after. Uh-huh. Because then... After we do the psychoanalytics, we get to the bottom belief. We call it a bottom belief. So that is the core of why the negative program is there. And once we find out the negative belief, which a lot of people are surprised to find has nothing to do with why we even began the session with, or what we began the session with, we reach the bottom belief. Now, where does it come from? So when was the first time you felt that way? And that's also where a theta brainwave is going to help you access your memory bank because your subconscious mind stores all your memories. But it's really hard for you. If I tell you, what did you eat last week? You're not going to remember, let alone what am I? What did you experience when you were two years old? You're not going to remember consciously. No way. So that's where like hypnotherapy and theta actually work, because it's trying to access your memory bank to where things are actually still stored. And those memories have a vibration. Those those memories have energy, too. And so something will come up and you'll be like oh you know the first time i felt this way was when my mom did blah 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 blah, and i i experienced this then it's like okay so what negative emotions did you pick up on in that instance because those negative emotions are still in your energy body so theta would release them through a theta in a theta way but reiki would release them in using reiki life force energy on Mm -hmm. your chakras different ways of getting to kind of the same thing but you see when you actually notice what those negative things are you realize these are the patterns that are creating your reality even now they've been vibrating since you were two years old all the way into your reality now as an adult imagine it's crazy that's crazy beautiful it is isn't it yeah then we release those and then we ask you and here's the million dollar question what did you learn from it So then you could say, I learned how to be compassionate. I learned how to be empathetic. I learned learned forgiveness. I find that forgiveness is a tough one for most people. I agree. Consciously, you'll be like, yeah, I forgive you, whatever. But like subconsciously, you're holding on to that resentment because that resentment protects you from having someone else treat you that way. Exactly. It's more about letting go of what you've been holding on to all these years. But what if I tell you, you can let go and still be safe? You can let go of that resentment and still be protected because you learned the lessons. What if I tell you that you no longer have to attract these negative situations to teach you these positive virtues? Because like I said, everything is there to teach you. It's not just as simple as just saying them. It's the actual rewiring. Your brain is also able to rewire through neuro-linguistic programming in a theta brainwave even faster. So you're, you're, you're creating, you're disrupting neural pathways that have created the old negative belief you're energetically cutting those cords to that belief, and then you are creating new neural pathways 
so that you can have a positive belief to replace it instead because you know you can't remove something without replacing it with something else so you're just replacing it with something of a more positive frequency so when you're leaving the session and you're now vibrating at a different place in, in a different way then you're creating a completely different reality because you're no longer saying i want love but i'm unworthy of love or i want love and i'm lacking of love you're creating from a place of yeah i'm worthy of love now i want love But what about when you leave the session, you're vibrating on this very high level and that's all great, but then you're out in the real world and just things get thrown at you once again. You you go back to your stressful job yeah. and you go back to your house where you're lonely and you go back to your friends who are toxic and you end up re kind of um, absorbing that energy. How do you maintain the high frequency that you have at the end of that one session? You know, I find that when you do when you are vibrating at a different frequency, you will naturally create a different reality for yourself and it it's almost effortless so like you said when you started these people stopped being in your life yeah. and you attracted new people and it's the same kind of thing like those t- you're not going to be triggered anymore because if you don't have a button for someone to push and how are they going to push that button that's true but it was a very conscious effort like i had to wake up every day and remind myself That's you know how those affirmations work though because yeah. I I'm I am the biggest skeptic of affirmations uh-huh. all right because affirmations work at a very conscious level okay so your 12% is telling you I am abundant and I'm worthy of yeah. love okay but what is the <laughs> I'm interested in the 88% mm-hmm. so through repetition yeah sometimes your subconscious mind will take it on board as a okay yeah this can be a belief that I will whatever But if your 88% is no way, this is not the case. I'm protecting you from love. So you can sit and tell me you want love all day. But if you believe love is rejection, then no, you're not going to get it. So if we tackle the 88% of subconsciousness, like we, like we really properly get down to the root of your issue, you don't have to worry about daily maintenance no. of your frequency. Just ask yourself, what would someone with this belief do? What would love do in this situation? So if I tell you that you're creating your reality based on your belief system, then the belief the reality that you created from the negative belief system is not going to be the same as the reality that you are now creating from a positive belief system and because you've created this negative program you end up in your life attracting a lot of these kinds of patterns everything is a pattern i'm just going to ask everyone to just take a second think about that one thing in your life that you want to change is this the first time you experienced that thing 100% the answer is nope. no because nope. it's a pattern and that thing maybe took on a different form but actually it comes from this thing all of it is there is a common denominator here that's what we're trying to work with going to a session is not only acknowledging that you need help but also opening yourself up while you're there we need to heal ourselves first and this is something Dalia brought up too that we're so used to creating a victim identity and we can't identify ourselves outside of that If you've spent your whole life believing that you're a victim and all these bad things happen to me, the idea of something good scares you. You know, because even as a victim you're still getting something out of it. You're getting attention, you're getting, you know, people to treat you differently because they feel sorry for you. A lot of people, okay, there's a psychosomatic aspect to things as well where your mental state of being attracts physical diseases I'm going to call them instead of diseases all right mm-hmm. ailments um and I ask like you know some clients who are sick like how does it serve you to be sick well you know 
my family gives me more attention. My children aren't bugging me anymore. My husband is spending more time with me. So you subconsciously manifest what will bring about those feelings yeah. of someone caring for you, someone giving you attention. What if you could get that without the victim mentality, without having to attract a dis-ease or a negative situation? What if there's like another easier way, which goes back to what we were saying earlier, the whole suffering and struggle. Oh my God, it's so deeply ingrained. It's literally what makes our immune system works. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. You know, all these virus yeah. injections or the uh, injections and the... Um, vaccinations and right. all. Some of they inject the disease in you just so that your body and your immunity can learn to fight it. So that's literally, you're born with this belief system. Okay. Sometimes that's the case too. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. But yeah, so for a victim mentality, it's it's that. It's um, who are you if you weren't a victim? Wow, that's very powerful. Yeah. That's it for my conversation with Dalia Halabi. And for anyone looking to dip their toes into any of these modalities, I hope this has at least answered any initial questions or concerns you may have had. Since we recorded this conversation, I went back to see Dahlia to experience Theta healing, and it had a tremendous effect on me. I was able to unearth things deep in my subconscious that I didn't even know were blocking me. And for the first time, I felt that I was able to actually address certain blocks I'd created. If you have any more questions for Dahlia, you can find her on Instagram. And if you would like to book a session with her, you can find her at Blue Lights, which is a holistic counseling center here in Dubai. You can find links to connect with Dahlia and Blue Lights in the show notes. We've also got a little bonus episode about my experience with Reiki coming out in a couple of days. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to The Way We Live This Week. Our episode was hosted by me, Natalie Shafani. We are produced by Chirag Desai and our intern is Abhishek Venkat. You can listen for free in Apple or Google Podcasts and Rami or even Spotify. We'll see you again next week. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to The Way We Live in your favorite player. And also find us on social media at thewaywelive.pod on Instagram, where I would love to hear from you.